Yes, that's right. Chop it up. Another win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now back-to-back -back wins. Now a streak going the other direction, the positive direction for the Kansas City Chiefs. A big, much-needed win. Two much-needed wins for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders and the Chargers. And they come away when they needed to. Back-to-back -back weeks. Crazy, crazy to believe just how things have really turned. I, I, you have the four-game losing streak. You lose... Six of your last seven, and things were just looking ugly for the Chiefs. They were at six and six two weeks ago, and now here we are within the span of seven days from uh, last Sunday through last night on Saturday. All of a sudden, the Chiefs now are eight and six and have a really strong lead in the AFC West. Two games left to go in the season, so Kansas City really doing everything they need to do to stay ahead and look when the pressure was starting to build up and when it reached a high point uh, and all of a sudden you see them playing against these division teams the Chiefs came away with two wins when they needed it the most Alex Smith has been playing a little bit better lately the defense playing way better in this uh, lately I and mean, this has been great to see this is what we've been waiting for so good game for the Kansas City Chiefs definitely going to get into all of that here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Coming out on a Sunday generally does not happen, but hey, Saturday Night Football certainly will take it. And a lot to discuss here on the Chiefs Zone Podcast. As always, if you guys want to interact with me on social media, you can do so on Facebook.com slash Vesugian. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on there. We'll do our Facebook Lives at halftime and after every single game. Uh, I cut the Facebook Live a little bit short than usual after the game last night uh, simply because I wanted to get the podcast out. I wanted to have a bit of a Saturday night, Saturday night to myself. Uh, I mean, Saturday was kind of crazy for me running all sorts of errands. And as soon as I came home, I worked out, watched the game. Uh, so, I mean, the, the podcast, of course, you guys are hearing is out. So, surely after I record this, I, I'm going to relax, have a little bit of time, uh, and enjoy the rest of the night. And uh, celebrate a Chiefs win with a drink or two. So, uh, a great win for the Chiefs overall. And we'll talk, talk about that. I'll continue to talk to you guys on social media about all of that. Twitter, you guys can also follow me on there, at Farzine 21 and don't forget, if you guys are not on social media, which might be a good thing for you guys, uh, email me, farzine at farzinevesugian.com. All right, I do want to get into th this game uh, between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, of course, a, a big one for the Kansas City Chiefs. I do want to get into uh, one quick thing, something I talked about last podcast uh, and something I mentioned on the Facebook page. And I really do appreciate you guys for being kind about this and not bringing up the, oh, we'll talk sports and whatnot. Uh, at the end of the last podcast... Uh, I talked about how uh, my uncle is on a uh, competition, a baking competition show. It was the Great American Baking Show, and uh, he had a really great first episode. Got a lot of airtime, competed really well in, in the competitions, uh, and of course he had a lot of fun filming it. And I know some of the details about uh, his adventures there, filming the show and whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, Wednesday night, uh, just roughly 24 hours before the second episode was about to air. Uh, they announced that the show has been pulled. It's been the rest of the season has been canceled due to one of the judges. Uh, uh, there's a claim that he had sexually harassed a few people. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean the, the, these things are are rampant right now. Unfortunately, uh, look, uh, it's an unfortunate matter. Uh, and, and my uncle's happy about the decision, though. He actually supports ABC and Disney for canceling the show. 
so he's not bummed out about it. Uh, but but I appreciate all of you guys who have been very supportive for him, uh, especially those who are into these kinds of shows like like baking and cooking shows. Uh, I, I was really hoping that he could have used this platform to promote some of his work. And unfortunately, because of that, uh, you guys are, are not going to be able to see much of his work displayed. They'll announce the winner at some point. Uh, I don't know when, but they, 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 they said they'll announce it. Uh, I just want to ask one quick thing before we get into the Chiefs and Chargers game. Uh, if you guys are interested in uh, his work, his name is JC Gregg. If you guys are interested in any of his work, some of you guys have already liked this page. I mentioned this on Facebook and Twitter, and I appreciate you guys all, all doing this for those who are interested. A lot of you guys gave him a like or a follow. Uh, if you guys are interested in baking overall, or if you really want to follow his work closely, uh, just want to give him a quick plug on social media. His Facebook page, his account page, uh, not his personal account. I don't know if he'll accept friend requests from other people or not. Uh, but his, his uh, I guess his business page, his baking page, is Ginger Jesus Casey. Yes, that's his nickname. Ginger Jesus Casey. Fun fact about him, he, he did lose 150 pounds, and I'm trying to compete with him with the weight loss competition there, but... Uh, Ginger Jesus KC, that is his uh, Facebook page. Give it a like. Uh, on Twitter, he has two Twitter accounts, uh, JC and KC, uh, and Ginger Jesus KC on Instagram. And on Twitter, he is JC in KC3. So if you guys are interested in all of that, uh, please give him a follow on social media. Other than that, I do appreciate all of you guys who have supported him uh, in the one episode that he was on for. A lot of you guys uh, had a lot of kind words to share. About him, so definitely appreciate all the support once again uh, for Uncle Jay, or JC Gregg, who was on the Great American Baking Show. As far as everything else, I'm not going to discuss the whole controversy, whatever. So uh, that's a topic for another time. But as far as the Chiefs go, I mean, this was this was an up and down first half, not the greatest uh, first half for the Chiefs. Uh, got off to a ten nothing start, of course, Alex Smith. Uh, threw that big pass to Tyree Kill to make it a 10-0 football game. And at this point, you're thinking that the Chiefs could run away with it, make it a one-sided game. But the Chargers did some catching up in this football game. Got the touchdown, missed the PAT. And right after the missed PAT, you could see a Chiefs fan uh, knowing that he was on camera, flipping off uh, the camera. Uh, we, we certainly uh, had a couple to drink. But uh, the Chiefs tried to go for a field goal. Harrison Butker makes makes a field goal from 52 yards, but a timeout was called, so kicks it again, misses it. So the Chiefs go into the locker room with a 10-6 lead. The Chargers get a touchdown early in the third quarter, making it 13-6. And at this point, you're kind of concerned, wondering, and the Chiefs were not as aggressive on defense nor on offense Whereas the Chargers just took the lead, and Arrowhead Stadium was very quiet. I mean, you, even through TV, you could just sense the silence at that stadium. And kind of made you wonder, I mean, what is it with this Chiefs team uh, that they... I mean, look, and I'm not saying every drive, every play, every snap, uh, you should expect perfection. I mean, it's just not a realistic thing. It happens with all 32 NFL teams, good or bad teams. But with the Chiefs, sometimes you kind of question how how they look. Some games, uh, or, or some drives, even they look like a pro football team ready to go on a Super Bowl run. Where there there are other cases in the, within the same game where they look like they could lose to the Cleveland Browns. And we've seen that even in game, we've seen a lot of games where the Chiefs just look really terrible. And there are also a lot of games where they look really great. 
and I said this last podcast, that can be a great thing, but that can also be a bad thing. I mean, it's a bad thing because, look, we, we're just seeing inconsistency, but why is that a great thing? Well, look, this is a team that's kind of mysterious in a weird way. You don't know what you're going to get from this Chiefs team. And I don't even think at times this Chiefs team knows how they're going to look. I mean, sure, you script the first 15 plays and whatnot. But when things are going to go up and down in a football game, I think Andy Reid will look to his play sheet with Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator who is now calling the plays. And you think to yourself, you know, what can we do to pull him off guard? Such as that long uh, drive, a 15-play I believe it was 85 yards, and they took more than 8 minutes off the clock. They only got a field goal out of that, the first score of the game. Should have been a touchdown on a 15-play drive, but look, that drive that resulted in a field goal, that might have been the best drive all season that I've seen from the Chiefs. With the exception of those one-play touchdown passes to Tyree Kill and whatnot, or Kareem Hunt's long runs, I'm talking about a long, full-blown drive. Because in that drive, you saw an aggressive Chiefs team on third and long, cut it to fourth and three, and going for it on fourth and three on a uh, on a play call that you did not see coming at all, and the Chiefs really just finding a way to grinding and moving the football and inching closer to the end zone. So, again, didn't get a touchdown out of it, but they got the field goal, and, and they really showed a lot of aggressiveness on that drive. You didn't see a whole lot of it from the offense later in the game, but they got a couple of touchdowns, uh, one in the third quarter, one in the fourth quarter to... Pretty much make it a one-sided game and, and and get away from the Chargers at this point. And, and of course, they came away with the 30-13 to victory. As far as, you know, what my big takeaways are, positives, uh, I mean, mostly positives in this game. Listen, I, I talked about it with that drive. This Chiefs team can be aggressive when they want to. Kareem Hunt's another important one right here to talk about. He had 24 carries for 155 yards, had 7 catches for 51 yards, so more than 200 yards of total offense for Kareem Hunt. Here's kind of an interesting note for Kareem Hunt. He he also had 25 carries last week. So 49 total carries for Kareem Hunt in the span of these two games. And out of those 49 carries, 271 combined rushing yards. And also a touchdown in each of those games. Uh, and look, I, I mean, it's not a coincidence. Look at the... Look at the run for the Chiefs when they had lost six of their last seven. Kareem Hunt had zero touchdowns in those games. You look at the first five games, Kareem Hunt had a total of four touchdowns in the first three games. Still had a big impact in the other two games, finishing off that 5-0 and start. Had 100 yards rushing in each of those games, so still had the 100 total yards from scrimmage in all those games. But after that, when you, I mean, the, the Steelers game still had 100 yards from scrimmage as well as the Raiders game, but uh, started to slip a little bit. He had the 22 carries for 46 yards against the Broncos. I mean, that was just pitiful performance, but then you just saw him get more and more quiet each time, and it kind of made you question what's going on with this Chiefs team and why is it that Kareem Hunt's not able to have a big game? Well, when you feed him the ball more than 20 times, again, that's not ideal, but. Uh, you know, you don't want to break Larry Johnson's record, and we just talked about this on the last podcast. That's not an ideal record to break, but it's not like he's carrying 20, 25 times every single game. The last time he had a 20-carry game was against the Broncos when they did win. Now, I'm not going to call that a correlation because he only rushed for 46 yards, but you see what happens in the last two games. Two big games against divisional opponents. 
The Raiders rushing for 116 and the Chargers getting 155 on them. And again, getting a touchdown in each of those games on the ground. Also getting an additional receiving touchdown against the Chargers. So two touchdowns in this game against the Chargers last night. So Kareem Hunt's presence definitely made an impact for the Chiefs. A positive one, of course, and helping them get the 30-13 Victory. Other important notes in this football game. I mentioned Tyreek Hill had that nice 64-yard catch and run. Uh, No safety help. Alex Smith knew immediately what to do right there, and Tyreek Hill did the rest. Of course, showing off his speed. Travis Kelsey, bit of a quiet game. Second game in a row. uh, Six catches for 46 yards, but I do want to talk about the second game in a row part because last week he did have two touchdowns where uh, one of them was called back because he was down at the one-yard line, and on the second touchdown... That was called back. Mitchell Schwartz was the illegal uh, illegal player upfield, which he should not have been uh, there that far. And that's out of Alex Smith's control. That's out of Travis Kelsey's control. I mean, it's just uh, bad bad luck and bad timing right there for the Chiefs. Uh, there was also another touchdown where he could have hooked up with Alex Smith, but Alex Smith missed him on a wide open play. So uh, he's been quiet. And I said this on the Facebook page on on, on the uh, Facebook Live. Someone was asking, do I have a problem with Kelsey being quiet? No, not at all. Not when you have Kareem Hunt getting 200 yards from scrimmage, and you've got Tyreek Hill, who had a touchdown, and 88 yards of, of receiving in this game. So, And again, 46 yards off six catches for Kelsey. Not necessarily a quiet game. I know that's not... Uh, I mean, those aren't n- n- numbers you hear about from uh, a guy who might be the best at his position. But look, even the guys who are the best at their positions, they don't have... Uh, top-notch games every single time so uh not an issue with, with Travis Kelsey at all I mean you look at the three-headed monsters that Alex Smith has to work with Tyree Kill Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey as long as two of the three are delivering you generally will win your football games and that is exactly what happened in this football game maybe Tyree Kill has a quiet game the following week but it'll be Travis Kelsey who helps pick it pick it up the next the next game, and let's not forget about Albert Wilson. I know he only had a catch in this football game, but I think he's had a big hand in helping Kansas City's offense move along when he has been available for them this season. And one more note, let's talk about the offensive line, if we may. I mean, this offensive line has been playing a lot better this season as the season's gone along. Alex Smith only took one sack in this football game, and just the way that he's been playing Lately for the Chiefs, uh, you're starting to see the offensive line do a little bit better. And I don't think that's uh, an accident either. You you see the offensive line being able to provide more protection for Alex Smith, giving him the time he needs to make th- the throws. He'll find a player wide open or he'll scramble it himself. He, he has no issues doing that. He'll pitch it. He'll go for a block. Uh, and when he does go for a block, he injures a player of the opposing team. Which, uh, and, of course, that's no laughing matter. The Chargers had lots of injuries in this football game. Never something you want to see uh, for any team. Uh, but, unfortunately, it is part of the football game. But, overall, the Chiefs uh, offensively looked great. And it all starts with that offensive line. Something we didn't really talk about too much. But uh, they really came through. And, generally, when you're not talking about offensive linemen, that's actually a great thing. Because that means they're not really being noticed and when they're not noticed that's because they're doing their jobs making the right blocks in the running games and the running plays and giving Alex Smith the time he needs look I know we've all talked about Pat Mahomes and making switches with some of the coaching staff but look if this Chiefs team they play like they did in this game winning 30 to 13 the way they did uh when they were shutting out the Raiders at least for three and a half quarters when they look like that that is a team capable of going to the Super Bowl. Let's let's not let's not 
get too far ahead of ourselves, but at the same time, let's not forget, the Chargers were the favorites coming into this game by the national media. NFL Pick Watch, according to NFL Pick Watch, 65% of the experts said that the Chargers were going to come to Arrowhead and steal a win going back to L.A. The Chargers and the Raiders were both red hot coming into their games last week and this week against Chiefs. And which NFL team stops them? Well, it's the Kansas City Chiefs that ended for the Chargers and the Raiders, uh, handing them a loss and slowing things down a little bit while building a lead in the AFC West. And of course, on top of that, all they need is one more win or a Chargers and Raiders loss, and the Chiefs will win the AFC West, bringing a playoff game back to Arrowhead Stadium, hopefully ending differently this time around. But for right now, let's talk about the defense, switching over to that side of the football. And uh, what can you say about this Chiefs uh, team right now? You've got to feel really good about what they've been able to do in this football game. Uh, Reggie Ragland has been a hell of a player, has done a great job stopping the run, and that's an area that the Chiefs need improvement on, and he was able to come through for the Chiefs uh, in this football game, not letting the Raiders go off, or excuse me, the, the Chargers go off on the ground, 98 total yards off 22 carries, so not the greatest yard per carry average there, or below uh, 4.0, and Ragland's had a big hand in that, Chris Jones uh, just blew up a play, ran over, bulldozed uh, the offensive lineman, and then just crushed Phillip Rivers uh, in the bleak of an eye, and that looked really good. And the Chiefs went out there, put a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers. Eric Murray on a third down blitz. Bob Sutton making some defensive adjustments, you can tell. Uh, Dan, Daniel Sorensen had a big tackle at one point, uh, and I haven't even gotten to the good parts yet. Uh, Travis Kelsey almost had an interception in this game, playing, uh, helping uh, with the prevent defense. Uh, let's see, Ron Parker in this football game had a fumble recovery. We'll talk about who forced that fumble and also an interception in this game. Phillip Rivers came into this game, I believe seven or eight games in a row, had not thrown an interception and had more than 150 consecutive pass attempts without an interception in the Chiefs. Forced three of them in this football game. One of them to Ron Parker. The other two to your boy Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters making a statement in his return. Two interceptions, 74 yards. Oh, by the way, that's not the end of it for Marcus Peters. His tackling was a lot better in this football game. Oh, and that's not it either for Marcus Peters. He forced a fumble in this game. That is why Ron Parker had that fumble recovery as we've talked about. So listen, I, people want to talk about Marcus Peters, and I know I stopped defending him last week after his antics with the flag throwing and whatnot, but I had never talked about how I wanted him to leave this football team. I even said, look, the Chiefs are going to struggle immensely without Marcus Peters. Trust me, you do not want a day where this Chiefs secondary does not have Marcus Peters. And when you look at Phillip Rivers in this football game, 20 of 36 passing, just barely getting more than ha- uh, half of his passes completed in this game, 227 yards and three picks in this game. Of course, uh, when you put the pressure on, that forces him to throw a lot by his passes. And of course, you saw Marcus Peters come away with a pair of picks. Ron Parker got a pick. Uh, the Chiefs had a lot of fun in this football game. And by the way, Phillip Rivers has 10 interceptions this season. Six of them, 60% of them, have gone to Kansas City. 
That's got to be pretty good. I mean, Philip Rivers, this guy's no pushover. He, he's having a much better season this year than he is last year. He's having one of the best years we've seen in a few years. We haven't seen this from Rivers in a while. And for whatever reason, his bad games in a great season that, that he's having are happening against the Chiefs. And you've got to feel good about that. That is something to definitely feel good about with this defense. Bob Sutton definitely looked like he was coaching a Super Bowl caliber defense in this football game against one of the best quarterbacks and a guy who's at the hot end lately in Phillip Rivers. And let's go back to Marcus Peters for a moment because he's obviously coming off a suspension. I mentioned this on the podcast and I said this on the Facebook Live as well. This is a guy who has, I mean, he, he's been he's been involved in some drama this year. I I, I think that that's a fair way to put it. The uh, I mean, this is just aside from his bad play on the field this season. And I don't want to call it a bad bad performance. He's just having a, a, a I guess a step back. He's having a down year. All the elites have a bad year here and there. It happens once in a while. I mean, you look at someone who's been in the NFL for 15, 20 years. Well, that means they've they've had a great career if they're playing that long. But you'll also notice they've had some down years. And I think this is just a down year for Marcus Peters. It really is. Now, you add in the, the protests. That, of course, started things off with the controversy. The altercation with a fan, with Bob Sutton. Uh, the locker room interviews. Uh, all sorts of things. And then, of course, the throwing the flag last or a couple of weeks ago against the Jets, I'll tell you what, uh, I mean, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being emotional, but when you're throwing a flag into the stands, I mean, that, that's that's really, that, that, that's, just a, that's just not a good look. And the report is, you know, the suspension had more to do than the, than the flag, apparently got into some verbal altercation with a coach during team meetings, and that's what caused the suspension. I don't know how much I buy that. Maybe it's a mixture of things, but look, when he missed that game last week, he missed out on a win, and he could not have an impact in helping the Chiefs get a victory. So surely he had to watch that game from home and say, look, I need to get my damn act together and be out there with my team. Not just be out there, but let's all work together to win. And what does he do? He has arguably the best game of his life. This is Peter's fourth game with multiple interceptions and his first ever in which he has two turn or two interceptions and forced a fumble. And if you're keeping tally, that is 19 career interceptions in almost three seasons for Marcus Peters. Gotta say that's pretty good. Pretty good for Marcus Peters and certainly cannot go against that. This is a guy who has really done a lot in helping Kansas City secondary. And I like the way Darrell Rivas has been playing lately for the Chiefs after that Jets game. And I don't, look, I mean, Phillip Rivers, I don't think, again, I know it's not like a broken record saying this, but it's no accident where Phillip Rivers is going up against Marcus Peters and Darrell Rivas, uh, one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history, plus one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL today, both on the same team, and Rivers throws three picks in this football game. Has trouble connecting with his receivers on the long runs. Uh, just could not, he did not gash through this Chiefs defense like some people thought was going to happen. I thought this was going to be a low-scoring contest. I really did. 
And it seemed like that was going to be the case, but the Chiefs really pulled away late in the game on offense. And the defense doing its job in limiting the Chargers, putting them in check. And next thing you know, Chargers are stuck at 13 points while the Chiefs are putting up points on the scoreboard. By the way, uh, one final note with this defense. In four of the last five games, the Chiefs have held their opponents to 16 points or fewer. And I know the defense doesn't necessarily look great in all of these games, but at the end of the day, if you're able to limit teams from lining up the scoreboard, I think you can take away from that that, look, the defense is doing its job. Maybe not at its best, but they're able to do something to make sure that opposing offenses aren't lighting up the scoreboard. I think we can all at least agree the defense has been putting the Chiefs in position to win some of these games that they've lost. I mean, look, they held the Giants to just nine points before overtime. Held the Bills to 16. Yeah, sure, they allowed the Jets to go off, but in the last two games, they've held the Raiders to, what was it, 15 points, and the Chargers to 13 So, this defense is putting the team in position to win. Offense has not always been able to do that. The last two games, they definitely have. And that is where it has really paid off for the Chiefs. And in this game, specifically, you saw the balance. You saw a great offense and a great defense. The rushing attack was phenomenal for the Chiefs. Through the air, they were able to move the football on a big play. You had that home run play to to Tyree Kill, of course. So, a lot of good things to really be happy about on the offense and on the defense. Got some pressure on Phillip Rivers, sacked him a couple of times, and forced three interceptions coming into this game hot without an interception in more than 150 pass attempts. Special teams, uh, I mean, look, there's that miscommunication with Sorensen and Tyree Kill. Definitely can't allow that. I mean, that was a major loss right there for about 25, 30 yards, but the the Chiefs did go on that aggressive march uh, on that drive right there that I talked about earlier. And then on top of that... Harrison Butker missed the field goal, as I mentioned, right before halftime. But he was 3 of 4, and he, he's been money for the Chiefs throughout the season. So you, you can't really be too upset at him, especially after he went on that long streak without missing a field goal. And he's really done his job for the Chiefs when the offense has not been able to. Great team win. Great team win. Can't be too upset about what you saw in this football game. Now, there was one point where it looked bad, but that was just one point. The rest of the game... Kansas City had full control, and the Chargers were unable to keep the momentum on its side when they took the lead. And that is something NFL teams have to be able to do. The Chargers could not do that, and the Chiefs were able to snag it back and run away with it. Now, leading by a game in the AFC West, and again, one more win for the Chiefs, whether it's against the Dolphins next Sunday or the Broncos the following Sunday on New Year's Eve, that'll seal the deal and the Chiefs will win the AFC West. They can either just win one of those games or they can hope for a loss from both the Chargers and the Raiders. So Kansas City's in a good position right now. Looked a little scary about two, three weeks ago, but now the Chiefs are in position to win the AFC West. They're in the driver's seat. Just win one more game and the playoffs are back at Arrowhead. Hopefully the first postseason home win in forever can happen. Hey, look, it's, it's been an up and down year. It really has. But people are assuming this Chiefs team will just lose in the playoffs the first game. As of right now, man, people seem pretty ecstatic about this Chiefs team. The way they've looked lately 
And winning cures everything. It really does. So we'll see how far this Chiefs team can go uh, if they can keep up this level of play. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. All right, I know I'm going to be called a hater for this, a buzzkill, a guy who doesn't like to have fun, but is it me or are NFL teams, and the Chiefs being one of them, are they working a little too hard to choreograph some of their touchdown celebrations? Because you're starting to see that with some teams. It seems like there are certain teams out there that you can point out, the Lions being one of them, the Chiefs are certainly one of them, that anytime they score a touchdown, they have something Prepared. Now, it looks funny, but I mean, it may not be funny if you have that touchdown celebration and you still lose in the same game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I'm not sure what that was. looked like he was pretending to be electrocuted. Um, then they did the group photo, which they've done before, if I'm not mistaken. Now you're starting to see teams steal from other ideas or other teams. But hey, I mean, look, it's always been a copycat league. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I don't... I don't have a problem with touchdown celebrations. I think it's cool they have them. I feel like they're choreographed a little too much. I mean, you can tell that teams are practicing maybe a little more than they should with their touchdown celebrations. I just think it's happening a little too much, and they need to step it back just a little bit. One other thing the NFL needs to step back from, the camera angles that they were using for Thursday Night Football in Indianapolis between the Colts and the Broncos. The Broncos, of course, came away with their first win in forever in that game. But I, mean, I don't want to see the the Madden version. I mean, sure, I mean, they mentioned in, on the broadcast that view you saw is the same view you get for, like, a Madden football game. It looks nice in a video game view, but for real life, I mean, that's not the view I like. And I think the sideline view is by far the best because you get a lot of you get to see a lot of it happen. Now, of course, you don't get to see plays develop as much, whereas with that other camera angle, you do. But at the same time, it's so hard to see with how where that football is being thrown and where. It's always hard to tell those kinds of things, especially through TV. But overall, I mean, get rid of the camera angles. The the, the new camera angle from the, from the end zone, it kind of seems like, or, or basically the sky cam. Keep it from the sidelines. That is how we have all been familiar with the game, and I think that is really the best angle you can provide live. Let's go out of bounds. I generally don't talk about high school football, but I think this is worth mentioning. Uh, Graham Mertz, who uh, was awarded Player of the Year in the Metro area by the Kansas City Star, He's a junior at Blue Valley North High School. Graham Mertz, who is referred to as a pro-style quarterback, plays in a spread offense, though, uh, that scores 41 points per game, finished the season with 3,684 yards and a 62% completion percentage. And the way he has played, just as a junior, in his first year starting in varsity, not too bad. Uh, When you look at how he did in the title game against Derby, Mertz went 24 of 30 and passed for 462 yards and threw for four touchdown passes to help Blue Valley North not only reach the Kansas Class 6A championship, but just their first championship of any kind, which was huge for them. So uh, definitely keep an eye on on Graham Mertz because I think this guy being a senior next year 
I mean, that's only, uh, he's just a junior. He's got another year left, and I think he could have some interesting offers from colleges. So, yeah, I don't follow high school football too closely, but I've got to say, uh, after reading about him uh, and the Kansas City Star, uh, I've, I've, I've got to keep an eye on this guy next year, see how he does, and if he gets any big offers, especially from uh, from a nearby school in Lawrence, Kansas, that could use uh, a big-time player. But we'll see about that. One thing I do want to discuss is the Sprint Center. And truly, as you guys know, uh, this year the Sprint Center had celebrated uh, the 10-year anniversary. Ten years later, the Sprint Center is without... A professional sporting team. Now, of course, the Sprint Center is known to really take the stage for the Big 12 tournament. That is what the, the, the arena has been known for when it comes to sports. They've had a few other sporting events here and there. Preseason games for uh, uh, for NBA, NHL. Uh, the UFC came for the first time, and that was a very successful event. It, in fact, that was the uh, highest-grossing sporting event in Sprint Center history. Kind of shocking considering all these other sporting events we've had. We had the KUMU game this year. Uh, an exhibition game, but one that sold out. Uh, never seen uh, an exhibition game receive that much interest before. And the way the tickets just went off like that. Uh, the regionals also. Let's not forget about that. The regionals were in Kansas City at Sprint Center. Of course, uh, didn't go as well, uh, depending who you're a fan of. KU falling to Oregon in that one, but still that packed the house and it helps that you had uh, you had KU, a, a hometown team, playing there. Uh, just this past week, you had the NCAA Volleyball Final Four take place. Now, I know, look, I know people aren't going to go crazy about volleyball. I know KU was in the Final Four a couple of years ago, so there was some interest from KU fans about that. Generally, no one seems to follow it much. As long, uh, 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 if their team's great, yeah, they'll follow it. But here's my thing. Do I think the arena needs a pro sports team? No, not at all. Uh, they seem to, to be doing just great having an occasional sporting event and following it up with the Big 12 tournament that they do every year. But at the end of the day, I mean, that arena was built trying to target a sports team. I don't know how much different it would be if a tenant came in there, let's say an NHL team or an NBA team, one of those two, because the seasons are pretty similar for those two as far as length. Especially with the attraction you have across the street with power and light. I mean, that, that just makes it even better. And that's why a lot of sporting events, uh, I mean, those constant preseason games that you see once a year and some of the other events like the UFC, WWE, uh, Monster Jam, and all these other concerts, they like to have events down there because it also generates some uh, attention across the street at PNL before and after events. So it's always nice to see. I mean, they had the rallies, the uh, the pep rallies for all the teams uh, at, at PNL before going over to the Sprint Center. But I'll say this. I know a lot of people compare it to the Staples Center and they say that, well, if the Staples Center can do it, why can't we? Well, the Staples Center, look, they have, what, nine events from now until the new year? And that's because they have three teams. And yeah, I'm looking at their schedule now. They have Disney on ice and then they have, I think, one concert. Other than that, it's all the two NBA teams they have and the NHL team. I'm bringing this up because of the fact that uh, it's almost the end of the year, and 
I thought this has been a great year for the Sprint Center sports-wise. I mentioned the UFC. They had the regionals for college basketball, and they had the Final Four for women's volleyball. Uh, so the NCAA definitely loves coming to the arena, but uh, it kind of does make me wonder if if they were to have two teams, I mean, would they be able to make up for the lost concerts? Uh, it is kind of a tough thing to to, to go for. I mean, you got to pick your poison at that point. But first of all, you have to even have the offer, the opportunity to be able to host two sporting uh, teams. But it doesn't seem realistic, and it doesn't seem realistic for two teams. I wouldn't even say it's realistic for one team. So. I know we we will talk about this again and again, but I've come to the conclusion that for a while now, that the Sprint Center loves having occasional sporting events. They don't want a full-time tenant. Not my ideal situation as a big sports fan. I know you guys are probably the same way, but I think that's the way it's going to be. Final segment of the show, time to throw some penalty flags. I generally don't throw flags at guys in the media, especially guys who I know I've worked with before. I've interned for this guy, but gosh, I gotta throw a flag at him. Kevin Keatsman of Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, host of Between the Lines. He had a very interesting tweet uh, early in the in the game between the Chiefs and Chargers last night. He wrote, Peters is killing KC. DJ has to make every tackle for him. And bad penalty earlier. Then he tries to hide that by saying, uh, if not for all the Rivers turnovers versus Kansas City, Chargers would probably have the division. Who knew? Five total. If Peters doesn't send Rivers a jet ski of something for Christmas, I give up. Wow. Phyllis. I have seriously lost track of all Rivers turnovers against KC this year. Can somebody help me out? I mean, look, you, you, you can tell the guy is trying to cover for his earlier tweet. I'm surprised he didn't delete it, because if that was me, I would have deleted that. Uh, listen, just, just, just admit you were wrong at times. I don't know why it's so difficult for people to admit that. It's really not that difficult. It's really not. So, come on, Keats. I, 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 know, I know in sports media, you have to have the out-of-the-box kind of opinion. You have Your opinions have to be unique, but it doesn't have to be killer necessarily come on okay look i know it's the holidays it's christmas time i get that during this time of year you're you're you have to give some gifts to clients and the easiest thing to do is get a box of chocolates let me just say this if you're buying one of those box of chocolates where you open it and you don't even know what you're gonna get and of course there's the famous saying with the box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get But if you just buy some random brand of a box of chocolate, you are a piece of you-know-what. You're essentially just buying crappy chocolate that is probably cheap, probably expired too uh, from, from last year's Christmas or maybe even the year before that they couldn't sell before because most people know they're crappy chocolate. Uh, I had a client send uh, send us uh, Godiva at work. See, Godiva is actually good. People know it. Everyone has heard of Godiva. Uh, listen, if you, if you want to, you know, send send the holiday cheers and and, and uh, have that good relationship with your with your uh, clients and such. Well, don't send crappy expired chocolate. 
all I'm going to say. Now, as a guy who has been losing a lot of weight lately, I'm not going to complain about it too much, but come on, at least show a little bit of respect. If you value your clients, your customers that much, give them at least good quality chocolate. Is that a, or does that hurt to do this time of year? Come on. Never hurts. By the way, one thing I do want to talk about, and I'm not going to do it anytime soon, but I did create a list, a 100-day list, uh, starting November of my weight loss uh, goal. And I've been making a lot of progress with this. Uh, once the football season is over after the Super Bowl, I'm going to open up and talk to you guys about my um, my weight loss and everything that I have gone through to make it happen. For those who have followed me on social media on my personal Facebook or on my Twitter you guys are probably familiar familiar a little bit with what I've gone through and how I've gotten to this point again with losing weight but I'm going to go into detail about it on a different podcast once, once it's the off season once the season is over I'll talk about it because if there's anyone out there that could use that kind of inspiration or need some help I'd be happy to give it out there and let you guys know you know what I've been able to do to be able to trim down and lose a lot of weight. So definitely want to talk about that to you guys on a future episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. As far as this episode goes, it was another victory recap of the Chief Zone Podcast. Good one to talk about here. A much-needed win for the Chiefs. Now a gap in the AFC West and just one more win. The Chiefs are in the playoffs and they win the AFC West. That's how it is. Simple as that. The postseason can return to Arrowhead Stadium for the second year. I'm Farzi Masuki, and hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, share the links, put them on social media, let your friends know about the Chiefs on Podcast. Always helps the podcast out greatly if you do so on, on Facebook and on Twitter. Speaking of Facebook and Twitter, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Farzi Masuki, and that is my Facebook page. Like and follow me on there. We will do a Facebook Live for the next game against the Dolphins at halftime and after the game. So make sure you are on your Facebook. You'll get a notification. Join us for the Facebook Live videos at halftime and after the game. Facebook.com slash Farzine Masugian. Also, follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You guys can email me, Farzine at Farzine Preview episode will be out Thursday. And a lot of you guys are going to be getting ready to head out, travel for the holidays. So you guys will be able to download that Thursday if you guys want to listen right away or during the weekend when you guys are traveling for the holidays. So we will have that out Thursday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your Sunday. No Chiefs football on Sunday. Talk to you guys later this week.